You're listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, episode number 158. We're talking about living a life that is aligned with what you really, really want deep down inside and to do it fearlessly. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Dr. Jen Riday, former burned out mom of six turned happiness whisperer. And I'm here to help you get off that hamster wheel and make time for yourself without the guilt so you can live a balanced, calm, heart-centered life. With over 2.5 million downloads, this is the Vibrant Happy Women podcast. Hey ladies, welcome back to Vibrant Happy Women. I'm Dr. Jen Riday, and this is the place to be if you want to be the most vibrant and happy version of yourself. We have an amazing guest today, named Jill Stanton. And she is going to be sharing her story of trying to do it all, trying to achieve it all with an online business, with a baby, and then hitting that burnout point where she realized, I don't like how I've been feeling. I feel exhausted. I feel constantly stressed. And I know all of you listening can relate. Well, the cool thing about this story is she decided to change everything And it's really inspiring what she did. And it will inspire you to realize, hey, you can change everything too. You don't have to continue to feel stressed or overwhelmed. Speaking of stressed and overwhelmed, Jill inspired me to host a workshop for you guys. Now, it's not like other workshops I've hosted before. This is a live chat with me and a panel of women. We're going to be talking about developing a Jedi slash ninja style of showing up on this planet. (laughs) I know, crazy, right? Yoda will not be there, but we're going to be talking about tools and strategies that will help you have consistent energy and consistent calm and consistent focus and positivity. I've named the workshop Be the High Vibe You Replenishment and Energy Workshop. How would you feel if you could spend an hour becoming a Jedi ninja of energy and positivity? And it's free. If you would like to be there, sign up at jenriday.com slash energy. Again, it's called Be the High Vibe You Replenishment and Energy Workshop. It's happening next week. This is not a regular workshop. It's a discussion with a panel of amazing women. And you might want to sign up now because we have limited space. If you would like to be there, sign up at jenriday.com energy. Now I'm going to tell you a little more about my guest. Jill Stanton is the co-founder of Screw the 9 to 5 with her husband, Josh, and they help people create online businesses so they can let go of the idea that they have to work a 9 to 5 job and They can start working when they want from wherever they want. Pretty cool concept. Jill is also a new mom and you'll hear her sharing how she had to stop listening to everyone's advice and she got some really crazy advice and she had to show up as the mom she wanted to be. Jill is one of the most fearless women I know and you'll hear that in this interview. So let's jump in now. Welcome (laughs) to Vibrant Happy Women, Jill. 
Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. So I've kind of known you through my online endeavors, through the circles we run in, through um, online marketing and all of that. I think I heard of you first through Amy Porterfield, Mm -hmm. but um, I know you just had a new baby. How old is he now? Almost one. Like 10 days away from being one. So it's been quite a year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I also know it became a year where his birth was a catalyst for a lot of changes and getting your life aligned. Well, a lot of our listeners today are are also moms and wondering what they should be doing with their lives. And I think this will be really helpful to have you share your story of finding that alignment and that clarity in your business and in your life, how you balance everything, how you know what yeah. to do rather than what yeah. you should be doing. So I guess yes. let's start off with a quote and then we'll go into your story. Yeah. So my favorite one, I kind of change them all the time, (laughs) but there's a few I live by. What got you here won't get you there. That's one of my like go-to mantras all the time, but a mantra or a, just like a reminder, the thing I try to say to myself first in the morning is I'm the type of chick who gets everything she wants. And the reason I'm doing that is because I feel like for so long, especially before I had my son, truthfully, it's funny how that happens. I was so wrapped up in the fear of judgment and just not really playing full out and kind of just second guessing myself and feeling gripped and crippled by self doubt. Even if like anyone who follows the screw, and I know that there may not be a ton of people in your world who do, but just anyone who does in my world would probably be like, what? She kind of says anything she wants. How (laughs) how is she gripped by that kind of fear? But it was so true. I just never let it stop me, but it doesn't mean I didn't deal with that. So that's the mantra I'm currently on repeat every morning so that I can set that intention and really like feel strong throughout my day. So I'm the type of chick who gets everything she wants. That's the mantra? Okay. That's the mantra. What do you think you were afraid of? You said you were second guessing Mm. and afraid. Of looking a fool, (laughs) of making the wrong move, of making mistakes, of failing, of like what people would think, what people will say. Just a lot of fear of judgment stuff, really. I had a really rough background with some heavy duty bullying throughout high school. And as I've been just really digging into like that level of exploration through my beliefs, that's really started coming up into my awareness around that really impacted how I was showing up for a lot of years and things that were kind of scaring the crap out of me all stem from that. So like, oh my God, what will people think? What will people say? Will I look stupid? Like, yeah, you know, it just, it just really took me down for a few years. Okay. I have to address this really quick. I'm Mm -hmm. actually blown away that you were bullied. So I'm imagining the Jill Stanton that I know is confident and Mm -hmm. could never, ever be bullied. I can't even imagine such a thing. So who was the Jill Stanton of high school and how have you shifted that? Oh, yeah. She was definitely someone who would not stand up for herself. Really? Which I think is why I'm so mouthy now. Because it built me into who I am for sure. But yeah, I mean, you get surrounded by enough chicks like taunting you or just threatening you, you will shut your mouth for sure. Yeah. Like I had 40 girls barricade me in my car. Like it was just what? It was terrible. It was terrible. And I hid it all. Like my parents had no clue because I was so scared. My dad was a principal. There was no way I was going to tell him because I know what he would have done. He would have like marched us all down to the office. You know, I was like, that's just going to make my life worse. Wow. So yeah, I just kind of grinned and bared it. I was 
so scared for a good, I mean, it even went started in junior high. So I had a good seven years of it straight oh and I'm still goodness. working through that. I'm still trying to forgive that, but I keep trying to come back to the level of gratitude that it's created me or it's made me into a really strong person, even if I'm just still peeling back those layers. Yeah. But it's very much why I'm probably so mouthy and oh. zero Fs about a lot of things because right. it's probably a defense mechanism I have. Did you need to do some therapy? I mean, how'd you work through that? It sounds ultra, really. really traumatic. <laughs> yeah, Gosh. I think I, I don't know. I don't know why I never did therapy around it. I think I'm really just over the last few years only realizing how much of an impact it had in my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 37 now, right? Mm-hmm. So that was literally 20 years ago and it's taken me this long, but it's certainly impacted my female relationships. Absolutely. It takes me a long time to trust or get close to some chicks, especially if they seem a bit volatile. Like I steer very far away from those kind of women. But I think I always just like put on this tough exterior, like now. I'm a tough, I can take it. They won't take me down. I've got this. Like I was just grinned and buried it. I just got through it. And I guess I just had this warrior perspective around it where I very much thought, you know, kind of like what I've been saying, like I refuse to let these women take me down. That's amazing. And now you're a total, I guess I'll say it. You're a badass, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So do I hear some Canada accent in your voice? Yeah. (laughs) Did I say about in a real weird way? (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably say in a boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or I'll I'll say I'll start a a sentence with sorry at some point for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, where are you from in Canada? Toronto. Oh, Toronto. And that's, Toronto. <laughs> yeah, well, that's funny. I have another friend from Toronto, and she said a lot of Americans will pretend they're Canadian when they travel. For sure. <laughs> she'll, But she said, you can always tell when they're lying because they'll say, I'm from Toronto. Yes. <laughs> so you said it right. I know you're real. The other T, for sure. <laughs> Toronto. Anytime someone says, oh, you're from Toronto, I'm like, you aren't. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. So Josh, your husband is from Australia. Where'd you guys meet? Yeah, actually in Toronto. So before I ever dipped my toes into the world of online business, because he was the one who taught me all of that, I got my start in web TV. But like when web TV wasn't a thing, like in the days of MySpace. Anywho, so I was moving to Australia with a girlfriend of mine because we were shooting a web TV show, a travel show. Mm -hmm. And Through that, we serendipitously met Josh's, at the time, business partner and Mm -hmm. his now wife. And so I got to know them because we were moving to Australia. They were from Australia. And so, you know, conversation. And they said to me, like, oh, you should meet our friend Josh. And (laughs) because I was a few weeks away from moving, I was like, well, is Josh hot? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to waste my time. I'm, like, moving. (laughs) And they were like, don't even worry about it. He's a bachelor for life. He's never had a girlfriend. And I was like, sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. And so we met and he literally wanted nothing to do with me. Really? Oh, my <laughs> nothing gosh. To do with it. He wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't sit beside me. He wouldn't sit across from me. He sat diagonal to me and ignored me. So obviously I was like, mm, must have. <laughs> oh, interesting. And just over the course of him being in Toronto for two weeks, we just really started to hit it off and then, you know, just had some really great conversations. And I remember one time we went up to my cottage, him, myself and his business partner and wife. And he was saying to me, like, we were on the dock just chatting. And all of a sudden, he's like, do you want to get married? And I was like, well, or do you believe in marriage? And I was like, well, yeah, my parents have a great marriage. Like, I'm not in a rush, but it's certainly something I believe in. And I was like, do you? And he's like, nope, I don't believe in marriage. I don't believe in girlfriends. And I don't believe in love. 
Oh, oh <laughs> and I was like, have you ever been in love? And he was like, nope. And I never want to be. And I wow. said to him, like, all it's going to take is one girl to come into your life and like turn it upside down. And in my head, I'm like, it's me, you idiot. <laughs> 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 And then from there, we just like, there's a whole story. Like we met up in Vegas, all this stuff. Like he was living in Beijing at the time. And so he went home. I was getting ready to move to Australia. We knew we wanted to meet up again. He was like, well, what's in the middle of Beijing and Canada? And I was like, <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually came over from Beijing to Vegas for three nights. Wow. And that's where like high school style asked me to be his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, and it was his first ever. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. <laughs> Way to go. You cracked that tough nut. <laughs> yeah, conquered it. <laughs> so now I'm the one and only. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. And now you have a baby. What's his, I don't know if you share his name online, but. Yeah, Kai. Yeah. Kai. K-A-I? Yeah, K-A-I, yeah. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty. <laughs> Sweetest. So I guess I've been guiding this conversation, but what's your low point you want to tell us about for the show? Well, it's probably about a year of them. <laughs> okay. But truthfully, so we had a real breakout year in 2016. We made a ton of money. We went in our business from like making 90 grand to up to 336, I think, it, or sorry, 436. And it was just this splashy, exciting, flowy, abundant breakout year. And so in 2017, we were like, yes, let's keep going. We're going to make $2 million. Yeah. And as we set that intention, like all of a sudden we started just doing things that didn't really feel great to us. Like we were pushing ourselves to spend a lot of money because quote unquote, that's you have to spend money to make money and you have to hire a big team and you have to have like all these Facebook ads. We we're doing everything that everyone told us we should do. Mm -hmm. And at the end of 2017, we were feeling so burnt out, so unaligned with our business. We just didn't know what to do. We just chalked it up to me being pregnant, us being stuck in Canada during the winter and like didn't really think anything of it. But it was mixed with like so many breakdowns <laughs> on my end for the most part yeah. um, <laughs> of like true fear and stress around becoming a mom. For me personally, I was just like, am I going to like it? Like, I don't even know. Will I have time to be present? I feel so tethered and trapped by this business. I don't even know how I'm going to care for a little tiny human because I have 800 members inside a membership community that I also have to take care of. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like so stressed out and so confused and so unsure of whether I would like being a mom, right? Josh mm -hmm. and I both were never people who were like, oh my God, I can't wait to have kids. We yeah. just always were go with the flow. And we realized that this was a new chapter we wanted to take on and all this stuff. And as it was getting closer and closer, the fear just got so real for me. And I was two weeks overdue. All my birth plans went out the window. Like everything just Aww. was piling on the stress. And I remember it was like, probably exactly around a year ago from now. And I was sitting on my closet floor, sobbing my eyes out, voxing. Do you know Voxer? Yeah. Yeah. A so walkie-talkie app. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Voice texting the mindset coach I had hired inside Screw You. Ah. Voice texting her, just like having an emotional breakdown, being like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And like, I hate my business right now and like all this stuff. And I just I hit send, which was so crazy for me because I usually would have been like, well, glad I got that out. Delete. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she just wrote me back like or she boxed me back like you're in charge of this. Like you can make the choices you want to make to set your life up 
for the kind of life you want to have. And I was just like, what does she mean by that? (laughs) And so I just kind of let it go. I finally went into labor, thank God, had this fantastic birth experience, which is great because it happened all in four hours. Uh, Wow, way to go. It was so (laughs) intense, but hugely impactful for me. And after that, it was the first time we had really ever taken a break from our business. We had never really like even our vacations, you know, you always check in with work. I was always on. I was always thinking about it. We even took a one month sabbatical in 2017. And I think I probably hated most of it because I couldn't turn my brain off. I was stressed. I was worried. And then when Kai came into our lives, our brain finally had a break and was just flooded with joy because we had this tiny little human who was so happy and sweet and thank God quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And it just allowed us to have some mental white space Mm -hmm. for once in our six years at that time in business together. And from there, we just start asking ourselves these questions. Like, is this what we really, really want? Like, do we want to go back to the old way, to doing things we thought we had to do, things we should be doing because that's what quote unquote successful entrepreneurs do. Mm -hmm. And we just started asking ourselves, it took us quite a few months, right? Because all we just kept coming up against was no, this isn't what we want. Okay, cool. But what are we going to do about it? You know, we didn't have any answers. And I remember finally in June, Josh and I were sitting out on the patio and we were having a drink and he said, like, we were just so burnt out. We were wondering if Josh should leave the business. Like things were just feeling so chaotic behind the scenes. He said, do you want to know what business model I think we really love the best? And at the time I was so jaded. I was like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, no, we have. And I was like, well, what? And he's like, it's affiliate marketing. And from there, it was just like the heavens opened. It was like, ah, moment. And we just had this huge clarity, huge sense of alignment, huge sense of relief because we realized, okay, cool. Now that we have this insight, we had this clarity that this is where we want to take our business. This is how we start to feel light again. This is how we start to enjoy things again. This is how we get back into the flow. Well, shit, that means we have to shut down everything everything that doesn't feel light. We have to shut down everything that feels heavy. We have to shut down everything that is keeping us stuck, that is keeping us where we currently are, because where we currently are is not where we want to be. And so once we had that clarity, we had to go to bat for the future we wanted to create for our business, ourselves, our life, our family, and our future. Like I didn't want to tell Kai or show Kai that, yeah, be an entrepreneur and you're still going to feel like you have a job. You know what I mean? I want Mm -hmm. to live by example. I want to show him that he can be brave and courageous and make bold choices in the name of what he wants. And so we sat on it for a few months to make sure like, oh my God, are we actually going to shut down the biggest piece of our business, which was at the time our monthly membership community called Screw You. And it was making like $330,000 a year for us. Mm -hmm. That's a big revenue source to cut off. Yeah. And we realized like there's literally nothing else we'd want to do. Like I can't even think about continuing to go for another year because I am doing everyone in that membership a disservice by showing up for them in a way that is unaligned, jaded, resentful. And so we announced at our live event to our members, actually in the city, Vancouver, Canada, in Mm -hmm. the city where we started that membership site. So it was such a full circle moment for us. It was so cool. I cried. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But 
everyone was so supportive and loving. I mean, they called themselves Scrammily, like the Screw family. So it was a real big decision for us to say, like, we love you, but this just doesn't work for our lives anymore. And to say goodbye to that chapter or to close that chapter in order to start the new one. But that all came from our darkest moments. Like that breakthrough happened because of those breakdowns. And while it was so painful (laughs) to go through it at the time, and it was met with all the tears and all the tense words and all the frustration and all the what ifs, I would do it over and over again because of how I feel now. Mm, I love that. Breakdowns that led to breakthroughs. Wow, that's brilliant. Mm. So how does life feel different now? Oh my God. Light, ease, like easy, E-A-S-E dash Y, aligned, flow, abundant, full of possibility. I have my schedule back. I don't have to, like I would start my day by looking at my phone and being like, I should probably go into the Facebook groups to make sure like everything's okay. No one's spammed the group. No one's complaining. No one has questions. Like that's how I'd start my day. It always felt so heavy. And now I start my day, I go for a walk with my son, I listen to audiobooks, I have coffee with my husband, and we set our own agendas. And I truly believe that that is our current reality, because we push through that fear of the what ifs, and we truly got clear on what we actually wanted for our lives, and then went to bat for it. We made choices that people thought we were absolutely insane for. (laughs) And I just the freedom or ease I feel because of it, the alignment really is just, I would do it all over again, truthfully. I feel proud of ourselves. Like I truly see, I said this to Josh, like I feel so proud of us for doing something most people thought we were insane to do. (laughs) So many people listening might be thinking, okay, maybe there's a mom listening who says, "Uh, maybe I want to write a book or Mm. my kids are all going to be in school in the fall. Maybe I should go back to work. How do I know what my purpose is? So as you were making that decision, how did you know it was the right one? I mean, that's always the question. How do you Mm. know which direction? Okay, so this is an exercise I heard from Danielle Laporte, and it's heavy versus light. And it literally is my gut check for everything. If I'm ever trying to make a decision, a big decision in our business or life, I gut check it against this. So when you think about making this move, this decision, this change, does it feel heavy, i.e. you kind of contract inside, you kind of sink a little, you kind of do, you do a little shallow breathing, you think, oh, it's going to look like, well, I like this. Or does it feel light? Like, do you get a little spark inside that excites you? Like, even if it is going to be challenging or take a while to build up, or, you know, you're not sure how you're going to get published or, you know, what job you'll get if you go back to work or whatever. If it sparks a little thing inside you that feels light, that feels easy, that feels exciting, that lights you up, that brings a little fire to you, That to me is alignment. That is a sign that you should listen to what that little whisper inside you is screaming for you to do. Yeah. Because if we don't tap into that, that is our intuition, right? We always know what is best for us. I think a lot of people don't listen to it because they're scared of what they'll find. I know I didn't for so long when things were feeling unaligned in our business. Now, I just want to clarify for so long, I loved our membership site, right? We had it for four years. And for three of those, I loved it. But once I stopped loving it, I was 
so scared to ask myself why. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean for our finances? What does that mean for what we're going to do next? Like, what does that mean for me as a leader, a community leader, a community builder, this person who has like yapped on and on and on about the power of membership sites and Facebook groups. And here I am shutting all of those down. Like, what does that mean for me? (laughs) Right, right, right. I was so in my head. I was so scared to ask myself that until I was no longer scared to ask that because I couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think if we just really want to figure out what we truly, truly deep down inside want for our lives, we have to be prepared to ask those questions and then answer them. And then the worst part, either make a decision to stay where you are, stay stuck, stay feeling the same coast, or you make the choice to go for it. You make the choice to change things, to go to bat for your future, to create the life you want. And those two choices will yield you very different results. But it starts with asking yourself what you truly want. Beautiful. That's fantastic. I believe our physical and emotional health is directly tied to what we eat. And the better I plan, the healthier I eat. That's why I am loving Plan to Eat. It's a fantastic tool that you can use from your desktop or your phone that allows you to organize your recipes, clip other recipes from any website, create your meal plan for the week with a couple of clicks, and then spit out an organized shopping list that you can carry around the grocery store with you. It's literally the fastest way I have ever found to get my meal planning done. Plan to Eat is a subscription service with monthly and yearly options for $4.95 a month or $39 a year. And Plan to Eat only has one big sale a year. But if you visit plantoeat.com slash happywomen, you can start a free 60-day trial instead of their normal 30-day trial. Healthy eating has never been easier for our family. Go to plantoeat.com slash happywomen and check it out. 60 days free. So what's your business model now? I mean, you said affiliate marketing, mm-hmm. yeah, but you also still have Screw the 9 to 5 community. Yeah. What's that look like? So I have screwthe9to5.com, right? Mm -hmm. That's our brand. And affiliate marketing is our revenue model. So affiliate marketing, just in case anyone isn't familiar with it, is simply you are connecting your audience to the people, products, services, or tools that you use, like, or believe in. And you do that through a link, an affiliate link, which has a tracking code. And if someone clicks that link and goes through and makes a purchase, you get a commission. And so the reason we decided to evolve our revenue model from one of digital products, membership sites, and coaching is because we wanted to be time zone independent. We are currently in Florida. I'm about to go to Toronto for a quick sec to get Kaya's shots. Then we're going to San Diego, then Australia, then Bali. That would not have been possible if I was tied to a schedule of live calls, deliverables, and helping out our members. So we really wanted a way to still make a ton of money, obviously. I mean, we're entrepreneurs. We want to make impact and income, but we wanted to do it in a way that allows us to shine a light on the things or people or products or programs or events or tools that we use like or believe in in our business. And our biggest struggle with the screw was that, you know, it wasn't just known for one thing. We are an online destination for up and coming entrepreneurs and up and coming entrepreneurs need a lot of things in their business, right? right? They need to grow an audience. They need to sell them what they want. They need to, you know, deal with the tech side and the operations and the billing and the money and all of the things. And then we're not even talking about things like relationships and health and family and investing and all these factors that impact entrepreneurs in such a big way. We were feeling pigeonholed by just talking about membership sites and communities. And we wanted to expand 
demand. And so affiliate marketing allows us to talk about a lot of things and get paid if someone does choose to go through and purchase something or join one of our bonus experiences. So we team up with some course creators who teach certain things. And if someone joins throughout our promotion, they also get the bonus experience we've created. So there's like coaching calls with us or maybe live events or there's additional training. We change it for every promotion we do, but it still allows us to serve our audience in a huge freaking way, but it allows us to layer in this like momentum-fueled, unstoppable form of passive income. Yeah. And is your audience finding you through a podcast, a blog, YouTube? Kind of all the things. So podcast, big time. Google search, like organic SEO, big time. What's your podcast called? Screw the, Screw nine, to the five. nine to five. Simple. Okay, got it. <laughs> I'm so creative with my titles. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yes. So screw the nine to five podcast and then organic SEO or organic traffic from Google and then social media and mm -hmm. then ads. If we do ever run ads, we have a quiz coming up, all of that kind of stuff. We're doing free challenges. So all of that. And then this kind of stuff, I take audience building really seriously. So I'm always looking to get on other people's shows and spread the word and make a dent in their audience's day because I know over time that compounds and it stacks on each other. And that's how I'm building the movement. Nice. That's awesome. And your goals going forward as a mom shifting a mm. little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just so many layers to it, right? As I'm only one year in and I've just, I've had such a lightning fast of lessons in giving myself permission, being gentle with myself and being unapologetic in being the kind of mom I want to be. So I'm the kind of mom who needs a lot of space. For months, I tried to not be that person, but I show up best when I am not momming 24 seven. Yes. That I need space to take care of myself. I need space to build my business. I need space to hang out with my husband. I need space to like just go for a walk sometimes by myself and listen to audiobooks or journal or do things that matter to me. Yes. And so this last year has been a true lesson for me in allowing myself to be the kind of mom I want to be and giving myself the permission to do things that people may not agree with, right? So I'm a big believer in having as much childcare as I possibly can. Like I am so excited to go to Bali because we're there for two months and the nannies are $6 an hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just like when I was booking that, I was it's an Australian run nanny service, but they're in Bali. And I was saying, okay, yeah, we'll take 20 hours a week. And she's like, okay, great. It's $6 an hour. It's like, what? We'll take 40. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> so now I have time to not only build our business, we're doing a free pop-up group during that time. We're there for Josh's brother's wedding. And I get time to go do yoga, go sightseeing, take all the IG pictures I could possibly get my hands on. <laughs> hit the uh, spas. Like I really am looking forward to two months of pure abundance and just giving myself the space that I feel as though I need in order to show up and be the absolute best mother I can to that little boy because he deserves it. Yeah, exactly. And how do you define good mom? Because, well, let me ask, has anyone shamed you or tried to shame you for not fitting in the mold of quote unquote oh. good mom, you know? You want to know, who, and this is so sad that I have to say this. It was actually a nurse at a breastfeeding clinic I went to. Really? Because I was having, yeah, and I told my midwives about it, and she was like, I am pissed about this. <laughs> I am filing a complaint. Oh. Because <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know you could do that. Sweet. <laughs> 
So I had real troubles breastfeeding and I got hit with back to back mastitis and it was just like the most emotionally draining experience. I was in pain the whole time. I hated it. And plus I had hyper supply, like in six weeks that I was breastfeeding, I had 50 frozen bags of milk. Plus I was pumping all the damn time. Like I just had hyper supply. And so I was going to a breastfeeding clinic to be like, please help me. I'm in so much pain. I hate this so much. And the woman said, look, I just want to make sure you know that you're making this choice for yourself and not for your, <gasps> your new son. Oh. And I was like, um, thanks. And then, and in case that wasn't enough, she goes, because I know you want to run your little business. Oh. <gasps> But being a mommy is time consuming. And I just looked at her. I was so over it at this point. Oh my and I just looked gosh. at her and I was like, you know what? First off, I'm very aware that being a mom is time consuming. I'm only six weeks in and I can tell. Second, it's not a little business. Third, this is why women feel so much shame around making the choices for their own mental stability, mental health, and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. Because it's people like you who say stupid shit like that. And then got my meds to dry up my milk supply and stomped on out there. <laughs> oh <laughs> my, my gosh, I was that's so horrible! Angry. That's horrible! I was so angry. And in the end, and sorry, what do you? Sorry. Yeah, what do you think she's coming from? I mean, thinking about her mindset, why people like her or other, you know, sometimes men do it, but I find it it's more often women. Interestingly, yeah. why do you think she did it? What's really going on in her head? I think hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Right. It's 100% that she's miserable. And so she was taking it out on me. I mean, fortunately, aka not so fortunately, I've had a lot of experience with women being kind of dickheads. <laughs> 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 and so like, when that happened, I was like, ah, story of my life dealing with this kind of chick. But I truly know that when someone's miserable inside, they don't actually mean to show up like that. It's just they can't help it. Because they're just so wrapped up in their own stuff, in their own heads, that they'll do anything to make someone feel less than or as crappy as they feel so that it gives them a little hit of feeling better or like that they're better than us for some weird reason. And the worst part was that she was quite an older woman, like she was easily in her 60s. Mm -hmm. And so you would think that, you know, she would have seen this time and time again. I mean, you're a nurse at a breastfeeding clinic. Surely you have people come in and with different problems, right? And so surely you would be a bit more empathetic to that. But I think either I caught her on a bad day or she just really hates what she does. Wow, that's sad. Have you seen other examples of women shooting all over you? Shooting? <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I did a post saying stop shooting on yourself. Yeah. I mean, my mom, unfortunately, <laughs> not in a bad way, but just like, Jill, you really should do blah, blah, blah. Jill, you should put socks on Kai. Jill, you should have this and that. Jill, you should, you shouldn't let him cry himself to sleep. Jill, you shouldn't do blah, blah, blah. Jill, babies shouldn't need to be sleep trained this early. Jill, blah, blah, blah. Like all of that kind of stuff. Her and I have kind of butt heads recently over a lot of that kind of stuff because I refuse to have someone dictate how I should raise my kid. I feel like I am never doing anything to harm him or give him a poor experience, my number one focus is him. 
but my number one focus is also showing up in the best possible way for him. And therefore I need to also take care of myself or I don't want to have to constantly rock a baby back to sleep. I want to sleep train him. He is one year old. You know? Yeah, he should be able to do that. And I shouldn't have to be guilted for making a choice that feels best to me. Or like my mom said, you don't really need a nanny that much. And I was like, are you growing a business? Like, do you know what it's like? No. So then please don't tell me how I should do things or shouldn't do things. Isn't I just let funny? that stuff roll off my back now too, because I'm very, I don't know if anyone else found this, but I have a feeling a lot of moms have, but like my F levels, like how many Fs I give about anything tanked the minute <laughs> I became a mom. Yeah. Like I became very zero Fs and I just really gave myself the permission to do the things that I believe will best serve him because I want to raise him to be a rad little human. I want him to be generous and encouraging and positive and abundant and strong and brave and adventurous. I'm never going to do anything that puts that stuff at risk. And so I just constantly try to remind myself of that if people do give me their <laughs> loving, unsolicited advice. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I've had the same thing with my mom and lots of other women. We don't realize what could be possible. So we try to tell others to do it the way we think it should be done because it will validate us to yes. some extent. So and yeah, I found that before I had him as well. Like so many women, I really struggled to find anyone who told me anything positive. That's why I think I was so stressed because I was met with so many negative stories around giving birth, going through labor, having a baby, what that means for your life, what that means for your marriage, what that means for your schedule. Like no one told me anything good. Wow. Which is really sad. Wow. Because I had the exact opposite experience. And I sometimes say, like, maybe the key was going in with no expectations. Yeah. <laughs> because so many people told me so many bad things. But I feel like a lot of women try to scare other women. I don't know if it's just so like you're prepared, but anytime a mother or soon to be mother asks me for like, what was it like? I always say, like, I'm not looking to share war stories. Like, I'm only gonna tell you the good things. Like I had a really great birth experience because I intended it to be a really great birth experience. You know, I did it natural. I kind of broke the rules of the hospital and did it in the tub, even though I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. I like, I really <laughs> did things the way I wanted to do things. And I remember actually my sister-in-law said to me, oh, Jill, you're never going to be able to do this without drugs. Like the pain is next level. And I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to give it a go. And then she said, like, get ready to like kiss your social life goodbye. And like you and Josh are probably going to have a lot of fights. And I said, like, Leah, I'm an entrepreneur, man. Like Josh and I are entrepreneurs. If you don't think we are used to crisis or stress or ups and downs, like you cray because that's like our day-to-day -day <laughs> life. <laughs> we have built our relationship around being partners in crime. You mm -hmm. know, like we're mm -hmm. each other's support system. The last thing we're going to do is allow a tiny human to take that down for us. Like we have been through the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. I feel like if we can tolerate that and come out on top, we can certainly tolerate a tiny human. Exactly. Oh, that's yeah. good. I'm glad you stood up to it. And for anyone listening who'd like to be more like you with the con <laughs> the confidence. No, that's really cool. The confidence to know, hey, this is how I'm doing it. What helps you to stop listening to those shoulds? Mm. I mean, I, I probably do dwell on them in the beginning, but then I have to gut check myself around it, right? Like, how do I want to experience this? Because we have that control at any given time. We can control the experience we have by the mindset we bring to it, the beliefs we form around it. And so one of our my true intentions, especially with birth, 
was surrender. I just wanted to surrender and be present to it. And so mm. that is the, and I had Josh who was a true support system then. And anytime, cause after every single contraction, I was like, okay, screw this. I can't do it. Give me the drugs. And he was like, I just want to remind you <laughs> 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 that you said that you wanted to surrender to this experience and do it natural. And if you do get drugs, you're going to have to lie on your back. And that was like, I did not want to lie on my back. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll go, I'll do one more. <laughs> like from, from old school. I'll do one. Um, oh, and so great. I really, I try to keep my intentions and my goals and what I want for myself yeah. in the back of my mind at all times. And then have the courage to go for it. Because look, you can find a ton of people out there who are willing to play small mm -hmm. and who will absolutely encourage you to play small. Mm -hmm. But if you don't want that for your life, if you want a life of magic, and like these cool surprises and things working out better than you ever imagined them to be, you have to do things you've never done before, or you have to show up in ways that you've never shown up before. You have to take control. You have to be a little ballsy and you have to be unapologetic about the life you want to create for yourself. Because if you don't show up that way, other people will dictate how your life turns out. And that's the worst thing you could do for yourself and your kids. Ah, oh, for sure. For sure. Couldn't agree more. Well, Jill, let's shift and talk about a few of your favorite things. What does your morning routine <laughs> or any, yeah. any routine you might have with a baby look like yeah. right now? Cool. So in the morning, I wake up with Kai early because I'm an early riser anyway. So he typically gets up at 6.30. I make us breakfast. I have a coffee. We hang. And then I have what I call the wake up and break up. So when Josh is awake, we go about our separate ways. So I go do a workout or a walk and listen to an audiobook while he watches Kai or I'll take Kai on the walk with me and he'll go do his stuff. But we very much like separate in the morning so that we can get our workouts in, set our mindsets up to be as strong as we can throughout the day and just give ourselves some time to really set our intentions, get clear on what we're going to do that day. And then when we come back together, we're forced to be reckoned with. So that has become a very pivotal thing in our mornings is our wake up and break up. So that's number one. That's my morning routine. And then did I already say coffee? Because that's certainly involved. <laughs> yeah. What time of day do you come back together? Is it about noon? No, like Not that nine. Late. Oh, nine. Okay. So yeah. you're up early. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like it. I want to wake up and break up with all my yeah. kids. <laughs> I don't want to see you guys. Of them. <laughs> Good luck getting on the bus. I'll see you later. <laughs> see ya. Is this bad to say like, I'm really looking forward to when Kai can go to school. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. You know, that's one thing I say on the podcast a lot. The greatest gift you can give your kids is your own happiness. And we think it's all the stuff we do. But no. I think if you show up in that vibrant energy, that's the greatest gift. That's my belief. So I awesome. could not agree more with that. And just like allowing yourself the permission and space to do that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, love that. Cool. Okay. So you wake up and break up. Yeah. And then you come back together and then work, yep. I assume. Showers. Well, right now we're in Florida. My parents were supposed to be here, but my dad got sick. So they had to go home. So right now we're child careless for the first time <laughs> ever. So we're like, okay, what do we do? How do people function like this? So we've been doing like, I'll take the mornings with him and then he'll work. And then Josh will take the afternoons and I'll work. Now, obviously, we're shooting in the morning right now, but I have a whole day of interviews. So he's taking him for the day and then he'll work during nap time. So we're very much divide and conquer. But when we're at home and in a regular routine, we typically our nanny comes for like 930 or 10. 
him and I will work straight until about four and then we'll break and we'll hang with Kai. And then we do these things called Friday Kai Day Uh and we have three day weekends. So it's just family time where we can be present with him and hang and play games and, you know, go on experiences and really live our message. You know, like screw the nine to five is all about permission and creating the life you actually want to live. And so we take that very seriously. And so, I mean, I'm shooting this on a Friday. Don't (laughs) say anything. (laughs) (laughs) But typically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll edit that out. (laughs) We very much stick to that routine so that we can go hard for the four days that we have to work. And then for three days, it's all about our lifestyle. Okay, I'm noticing this fun thing you do where you give things names. Like wake up and break up, Friday, Kai Day. What else do you have? Hmm, this might be wildly inappropriate. I don't know. (laughs) I call him Al Qaeda if he's really going nuts. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Um, That's so so good. That's another one. Al Qaeda. Um, Oh my gosh, I probably have a ton of them. Like, I would have to come up with them in the moment. I'm trying to think of, I mean, I have my lean, green, and mean smoothie that I do, but. Hmm. That's I'll good. I have to think of that. If sorry if I interrupt you when I come up with no, more that I have. <laughs> we need a Jill Stanton quote book uh, or, you know, an, an isms book for isms. sure. Isms. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> what is your favorite happiness tool? A nanny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Can I say that because literally yeah. that is. <laughs> yeah. So you and can get audio books. Yeah. I'm currently reading Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T Harvecker. Love that book right now. Seriously, seriously obsessed with it. Yeah, it's a good one. And I know I'll read it multiple times. And before that, it was a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I read that one four times because it's a book about neuroscience and quantum physics. So that explains why I had to listen to it four times. Ah, nice. That's a good one, too. Those are probably three of my big happy tools. Nice. And favorite easy meal. Right now, it doesn't sound easy, but I can whip it up so fast because I've been making it for so long. But I love steak salads, which is so random. But I cook it in butter, coat it in garlic. (laughs) And then I'm the type of person who likes steak with it still kind of has a heartbeat. So it's like really rare and juicy and then met with like this wicked salad that I make spinach, arugula, cucumbers, peppers, feta cheese, and then lemon, olive oil, garlic, salt, and pepper. Oh, so good. Yum. That sounds really good. good. Your favorite life hack. Mm. I mean, my wake up and break up has been a pivotal one. Josh and I have been doing that for years, even before we had our son. We've been doing that since probably 2013, starting our mornings that way. And that alone has really helped us stay strong in our marriage, our business, and just in our own mindsets. And then I very much like just having a few quiet minutes to say my mantra, like I'm the type of chick who gets everything she wants. And I also very much focus on like the outcomes I want or what I want my life to look like. That has been my ultimate life hack and that it's allowed me to show up in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean for you to be a vibrant, happy woman? Giving myself the permission to do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, however I want. Ooh, whatever, whenever, with whoever. How did that go? (laughs) (laughs) To do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, however I want. And I'm going to throw in another one from wherever I want. (laughs) (gasps) Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Wow, that's freedom. I love that. Okay, let's have a challenge from you to the listeners and we'll say goodbye. Mm. All right, cool. I absolutely want you guys to sit down and ask yourself 
what do you truly deep down inside want for your life? What does that look like in your career? What does that look like in your marriage? What does that look like in your personal, emotional, mental stability? (laughs) What does that look like in your healthy living status? What does that look like in your social circle? What do you truly want your life and work life to look like? Answer that and then ask yourself, okay, now that I have this clarity, what am I willing to do about it? Mm, That will start breaking out some big things for you. Because once you have that clarity around what you really want, you have the choice to go for it or to stay where you are. And I have a feeling that hopefully, at least after listening to this, hopefully a lot of women will have the courage if they don't already to go after what they truly want. Because hello, we're all happy, vibrant women. That's what we're here to do. And by doing that, by living our best life is how we truly show up in a vibrant, happy way. Exactly. Couldn't say it better. So everyone, you can find more about Jill at screwthe9to5.com and we will have a show notes page as well at jenriday.com slash 158. Thank you so much, Jill. It was a pleasure. There you have it. I loved what Jill said about, you know, figuring out what you really, really want deep down inside and living that way. A friend asked me once, how happy are you willing to feel? And I want to ask you that. How happy are you willing to feel in your life? And are you willing to do what it takes to get yourself there? Well, I will be back later this week with a happy bit talking about good mom syndrome. (laughs) And if you want to be a Jedi ninja of energy and positivity and focus and calm, then sign up for next week's event. It's called Be the High Vibe You Replenishment and Energy Workshop. And if you want to be there, you can get your spot at jenriday.com slash energy. Thanks for listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast at www.jenriday.com.